From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. Did you see that? There's a transformation that happens when you tell yourself you're doing a great job. Today on episode 26 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Martha Sue Yeary. Martha Sue had many roles in the golf industry, then spent nine years employed by a sorority as their house director. Late in her career, she was told that her job was over, and she launched a new, unique business that empowers golfers. Listen as we discuss the techniques Martha Sue used to launch a remarkable new business late in her career. If you're trying to build your own business after a late career job loss and want to make more money faster with fewer mistakes along the way, sign up for a complimentary Going Solo action planning session now. Go to goingsoloplan.com. That's goingsoloplan.com. Now let's welcome Martha Sue. Martha Sue, you've had a number of transitions in your professional life, including one that we chatted about a little bit before we started recording that took place in 2008. And I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit about what happened then and maybe build on our, our discussion around that. Okay, perfect. Thank you, David. I had transitioned from a nonprofit with Bionic Golf and had transitioned into a for-profit and we were building investors and um, had launched the virtual school at that point and moving toward building indoor golf practice facilities where it would be someplace that then I could franchise it and be all over the world, which is a big picture. Well, in 2008, when the market went upside down, people went, uh, let me see, let me invest in a golf company or feed my family. I think I'll feed my family. And so there was a huge down shift in where the direction that I was going with my golf program. And it wasn't just teaching lessons, it was in building um, a whole company. And so there had to be a transition there. And, and you know what, I totally understood feed my family. And so I had to look at, I had just moved to San Diego where it's extremely expensive to live. I moved out here to become a grandmother for the first time. And I knew that I could do what I did from anywhere. So I moved to San Diego and very quickly found out that it was an extremely expensive place to live from a personal experience. So I had to look at other opportunities for me to be able to exist and stay here so that I could be a grandmother. And I took a job was recruited actually to become a house director in one of the sororities at San Diego State. And that was an interesting job, but I used all the skills that I had put together in my golf company to work with those students, the college students. And that was interesting how I was able to apply everything that I had learned myself in building a business to those girls. And um, so I did that actually for six years at one house. And then I moved over to another house and I was there for three years. So you had the same job essentially for, for nine years. Yeah, for nine years. And it allowed me a place to be able to live and still be able to be here in San Diego and 
be a grandmother for now four kids. Right. So, so you got to do what you wanted. You got paid. Um, you had some stability. Then what happened? The end of the school semester, uh, 2019, uh, my bosses came in and they told me they were not going to renew my agreement for this next year. And actually, that was a blessing to me, not a curse. It was a blessing because it released me to do what my heart's desire really is, which is my golf business. And it forced me to look at opportunities that would allow me to create this as a financial support, as opposed to relying on the sorority to be that financial support. I had to look at myself as now being the financial support. And uh, so it was a, it was an eye opener when somebody is released from a job. There's a big fear involved, I think, because what am I going to do next? But life goes on. And I uh, was able to go through the summer with unemployment from that company and be able to really focus on building my school. Now, do you think, I know for many people that news that the job is ending and that you have to do something else all of a sudden, particularly when it comes later in one's career, is full of fear, all kinds of fear. And mm -hmm. you have, before you became a house director, you were in the golf business. And if I understand correctly, part of the time that you were in the golf field, you were employed. And part of the time you had your own business. Well, I always had my own business. But part of that time, I, in addition to, was employed with a golf company. And um, then that came to an end in 1995. So it's like, okay, here, I'm doing all this stuff. And 2002, I left Texas in a school bus and did a tour around the United States, teaching golf to persons with challenges and working with other LPGA and PGA pros to learn how to work with that population. Wound up in Florida and uh, lived in Florida for four and a half years before I left there in 2008 to move to San Diego, where I'll stay forever. Right. So actually, the point that I was trying to make is that um, for folks that have only been an employee and they've done that for a long time and then they get the get a notice that their job is ending and their next step is to be an entrepreneur, it's really scary. They don't don't have the experience of running a business before. Um, which I think makes it much scarier than somebody like you. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but somebody like you who has experience running a business and you know that that business can be a very successful way to provide for your personal needs. Yes, it can. And I think probably you're right. It is absolutely. I had the entrepreneurial spirit for all of my life. I inherited that from my daddy. But I think probably the scary part to me, uh, if I'm uh, if I if I got outside the forest, you know, we can't see the the forest for the trees. But I think the scary part, the transition for me, even though I'm an entrepreneur, was being a strong entrepreneur at my age, at my, you know, it's like not starting over but learning a lot of new skills to be able to do what I need to do in the marketplace. And that was really, for me, that was one of the hardest parts in this transition from a job job to 
financially supporting yourself as an entrepreneur. And what are some of the things that you need to learn now to be able to get your business to work in the marketplace that you maybe didn't have to, to have to deal with 20 or 30 years ago? I think the technical part of the things that happen on the computer online, the technical part of that, I guess I need to hire my grandchildren to be able to do all these things for me. Only it's video games they can do and not the stuff I need. But that's an interesting thing. It's like, those are pieces that when I built my company in the beginning, all those technical things, the IT things that were here today were not there. And so in the building an email list and uh, working with click funnels and working with um, you know, the email part and doing the webinars and e- those technical things that in today's market, if you're going to compete, you have to be able to have that all together. That's been a learning cycle for me. And do you think it makes any difference what kind of business you're building? Or do you think that knowing these technical skills is essential for almost any kind of business today? I think probably that if I had my druthers, in other words, if there was a resource of finances available to me, I would hire all of that stuff done. I wouldn't worry about it. And I would use my expertise where I know where I'm good. So when you say, is that important? Yeah, it is important. And I think that someone coming in, if they were going to build a business that's brick and mortar and not have anything that's online, maybe those things are not as important to them. But anything that you're doing that is involving uh, social media, any of the networking to grow your business, even brick and mortar, I guess, you've got to have access to what the world is doing. Right. It makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. So how are you acquiring the kinds of resources or knowledge or skills that you need in order to be able to uh, develop the technical side of your business? Well. When uh, when I sat down as a big girl and said, okay, now it's not time to dibble in this. You're going to have to do it. And I knew that what I needed most was I had the best thing since sliced bread, but I needed an avenue to build it through other people. And I, I went the podcast route to work with meeting with Uh, people that do podcasts so I could be introduced that way and build the presence. I also went the direction of becoming involved with joint ventures. So they would grow my business through their list. Uh, In that way, I would create my own list. And so that part's been a learning thing to me is how, how can I partner with other people to become known since I had been sort of on the back burner. Makes perfect sense. And Martha Sue, what are some of the strategies that you've used to overcome areas where you maybe maybe have had the greatest fears of of starting these new new approaches? Well, in my golf program, I teach you to have a happy word. Uh, that happy word is whether it's good or it's bad. For example, on a swing in your golf shot, whether it's good or it's bad, you still would say that happy word because it resonates with your inner child. Well, over the last five months, I have used my happy word and 
unbelievable amount of times, which has really helped me to get through this process. And it is scary. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It is scary. But if you're passionate about uh, what you're doing and you believe in yourself, you have to go through this scary part, walk down this path to be able to get to the successful part of what you're trying to do. And so uh, actually, I would suggest anybody listening to this to develop some, use a word that or a sound that resonates and makes you giggle. And I know that that sounds very simple, very simple. Well, it is simple, but it sounds very silly to some very grown up people to think, oh my gosh, I'm going to say a happy word. Well, let me tell you something. It works. And is this something that is is also intrinsic to the program that you teach to golfers? Yes, it is. And it's uh, in a cycle. And when I did this tour around the United States that I, I mentioned, uh, it was funny because I pulled out the inner child of people all across the United States that they had never done that. And I actually had grown men with tears rolling down their cheeks because we don't praise ourselves. We beat ourselves up. And so it is part of the golf training. But in this training that I'm using, not training, but in this development of making this company become a success, I've used that process on myself. Did you see that? There's a transformation that happens when you tell yourself you're doing a great job, even when it's not good. And you tell yourself you're doing a great job. So we build a golf, we create a golf game based on them learning to believe in themselves. Like I said, you believe in yourself and then the golf game is going to happen. But in creating that golf game, we eliminate the fear of it. I've always said people, uh, golf is a foreign language. I became the translator. The people do not understand golf because they don't understand that language. And so I had to translate it into understandable, small bite-sized pieces. And when that happened, they were like, Oh, and when you go, oh, then you're not afraid of it anymore. And that's overcoming that fear and confusion and frustration of golf because you understand it. And Martha Sue, do you work with clients face-to-face or virtually or both? I do it virtually. I think um, when I moved here to San Diego in 2008, there was a wall that I hit when I moved here, which was very interesting to me. I've always had places um, accept me to come in and be able to bring students into their place because it brings revenue to them. And I knocked on doors when I got here and everybody said, we have our own pros. We're not looking for somebody else to come in. I'm like, well, maybe you ought to Google me. I think you might be a little surprised. But at any rate, I don't have a live place to go and teach someone. That was the reason of going that direction of the indoor training schools. and. So I don't have a live place other than now live to me is us being on live on the computer. And so they see me, I see them. And so I'm actually coaching them live on the computer. That's remarkable. Well, it makes it, uh, you know, it's funny. I have one of the students from my very first school when we didn't have this live stuff. uh, It was all, we did a conference call. I sent them their assignments. They practiced. I sent a short video of the, the lesson 
And then they did their homework. They came back to a conference call. <laughs> and that's how we did the first schools was free conference call, which is pretty funny. Uh, not like we have now with FaceTime and, and all the high tech technology. But one of my students was a college professor that taught e-learning. And he said, I've never seen someone be able to teach a sport online. And he said, Martha Sue handled it perfectly because I knew exactly what she meant. And I got it. I got it. And then he started using the happy word in his college teaching with his students so that in them applying their happy word, they could help themselves before they went on stage to do speeches. Pretty cool. It is pretty cool. So Martha Sue, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything that you've shared or learn more, where would they go to get in touch with you or learn more? Well, my school is www.empoweredgolfers.com. So empoweredgolfers.com. And my email is Martha Sue, my name, Martha Sue at bionicgolfpro.com. Sounds great. And do you have a free gift for our audience? Actually, I do. Uh, it's, a, it's a little book that they can get. They can email me at Martha Sue at bionicgolfpro.com and request this book. It's a, it lets them see where they are today in their golf game and see where they could be in a 90-day, 12-week school. So I'd be glad to share that with people. Sounds great. Well, Martha Sue, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Going Solo and sharing your own experiences of some really challenging transitions, how you've managed those transitions successfully, and what you do to help clients go through a transition in their golf game. It's, it's actually quite remarkable. My guest today has been Martha Sue Yeary, the founder and president of Empowered Golfers. Thank you again, Martha Sue, for joining us. Thank you so much, David, for having me. This has been awesome. When you visit the Going Solo website at smashingtheplateau.com slash going solo, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today we learned how to foster a positive transformation even late in your career and much more. If you're trying to build your own business after a late career job loss and want to make more money faster with fewer mistakes along the way, Sign up for a complimentary Going Solo action planning session now. Go to goingsoloplan.com. That's goingsoloplan.com. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a late career job loss. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.